Good morning, friends. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you, be together. And I'm glad to be back in this building, to be here feeling, be back here with this familiar sunlight and all the, all the wooden beams and the, just all the feels to be back in the space feels really special, but it feels so different because I'm the only one here. Usually this would be, I'd be looking out and seeing your faces, but instead you're in your homes, you're on your deck, you're in your backyard. And I want to tell you that you, that we are the church just as much right now as me being in this empty building and you being in your neighborhoods, you being in your decks, you being on, in your kitchens or living rooms. We are the church just as much right now as if in, in as, as we would be if this whole room was packed full, people sitting on the benches on the sides because there's no room. We are still the church as much today, right now, like this, as we are, as we would be if this place was packed out. But it's fun to be here, fun to just give you this different perspective. Instead of a living room, we have this building. This has been a particularly polarized political time, hasn't it? We've sensed a lot of anger in the air, political anger. When, when in a time of global pandemic, a time of crisis, like we've never seen it before in, in, in crazy ways, you would hope that we would find humanity and human beings in us, in our world, in our nation, reaching out to one another and uniting, having a beautiful moment of togetherness and solidarity and unity. Instead, we find angst and anger. Instead, we find bitterness and anger just sinking their claws deeper and deeper into our collective psyche. Do you feel it with me? Have you got sucked into it? Democrats, have you, did, were you really angry on election day? Did you get just consumed by anger? Republicans, have you, did, you get did you get really angry in response to the anger that you were feeling from Democrats? There was just this Molotov cocktail of just explosion of anger and angst. Republicans, have you been mad towards the, gov towards the governor and, and angry about how the governor is just making this safer at home lasts way too long and he's not doing it strategically and not doing it regionally, but shutting the whole state down and not compromising about it. Have you been angry about that? Democrats, have you been angry about the president's, what, how the president has or hasn't responded to this crisis and angry, getting more and more angry at each, each and every daily briefing? Have you been angry? Politically, if you found yourself just full of anger and it's just kind of latent, and even when you're not consumed by it, it's just there, ready to rear its head whenever you go online or, or engage with social media or, or watch the daily press briefings, whatever it might be, there's this anger. The political partisan divide, even at a moment like this, is taking over and getting deeper and wider. This morning, as we engage with the teacher, Kohelet, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Kohelet, friends, has a word for us and an invitation for us if we're listening. A very, very relevant 
timely, pertinent invitation for us, how to engage in moments like this. And spoiler alert, I've got to let you know, we might not like the recommendation that we're going to get from Kohelet, the invitation from the Spirit. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you soften our hearts? This last month and a half, two months has done so much to our individual psyches and our collective psyches as a, as a society, as a people. We feel distant and separated, full of longing and reflection and wondering and uncertainty, all of the things, full of anger. So now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and you would do what only you can do, soften our hearts. Help us receive from you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel so familiar to do that in this building and then be looking back at you. This morning, we're going to dive back into the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's been so long to, since, since we've been in Ecclesiastes. It's about, been about a month since we've been in Ecclesiastes. So let's just review a bit before we, instead of parachuting back in and going rogue and just diving into where we are, let's think back in our heads, back to where we've been in the book of Ecclesiastes. We've been in this series, sermon series that we've called Ancient, Ancient Deconstruction now for, for several months. And we've called it ancient deconstruction because what we've, there's this phenomenon in the church, especially among younger people in the church, called deconstruction, where we feel like there's questions that have been laying beneath the surface, sitting under rocks, and we can't settle for not asking those questions anymore. Our faith journey, to have any integrity at all, we have to look underneath those rocks to see what's there, ask those hard questions, and see if our faith will still stand, see where Jesus is in the midst of those questions. Has anybody had a season of life like that? Maybe you're in one right now, a season of deconstruction, asking those questions, wrestling with your faith, wrestling with God. Well, the fun thing is that our scriptures give us an example of it and hold space for it. The book of Ecclesiastes is nothing if not God giving us permission to ask the hard questions. See, because God is not full of insecurity and anxiety about what might happen when we ask those questions. God is very confident in who he is and who God is and what happens when his people ask hard questions. What usually happens if we fill ourselves and open ourselves to the life and the presence of God is that faith journey, that the, our faith journeys that we wrestle with grow deeper and deeper and deeper as God grows bigger and bigger and bigger. So we've been in this book of Ecclesiastes where Kohelet, the teacher, has been asking a lot of those questions. And one of the main themes through Ecclesiastes is that Kohelet has been f trying to find meaning meaning in this world and what seems like a meaningless world. As a matter of fact, that word meaningless, the Hebrew word is hevel. It's, it's spoken about 30 times through the book of Ecclesiastes. 
Kohelet just keeps this refrain of everything is meaningless. He's trying to find meaning, just like many of us spend our lives trying to find meaning and purpose. And so Kohelet does what we do. Kohelet tries to find meaning in riches. Kohelet tries to find meaning in, in wealth. Kohelet tries to find meaning in in, in, in his work, how many of us do the same exact things, trying to find meaning in wealth, trying to find meaning in our, in our work, in our careers, in our jobs, giving ourselves to them? Kohelet tries to find meaning in all the stuff that he has. And it's just like vapor. It slips through his fingers. It's heaven. Here one day, gone the next. In the last chapter of Ecclesiastes that we've been walking through for the last couple of weeks, Ecclesiastes 7, Kohelet hones in on this ancient Hebrew word that is chokmah. Chokmah. Wisdom. See, Kohelet stands as, as a teacher within the ancient Jude, Ju, Jewish tradition of wisdom. And Kohelet has now honed in on this thing of wisdom, and he's found that there is more meaning in chokmah, in wisdom, than in riches and wealth. Wisdom, you'll find more meaning and more goodness and more foundation in wisdom, divine wisdom, divine chokmah. You'll find more meaning in that than you will in, in wealth and in riches and our jobs and toil and in, in, in all sorts of things. He's honed in on wisdom and he's been talking about wisdom, about the goodness of wisdom and the foundation that wisdom is a shelter. Wisdom is an inheritance that we get to pass on to the people around us. And also he's been talking about the limits of wisdom because we are, after all, only human beings. So this morning, Kohelet is going to, we're going to go deeper into this, this, this reflection on divine chokmah, on wisdom, and what it looks like to walk in wisdom in times like these. Are we listening, church? Will we let God be God and address us through the scriptures, through the word of God, inviting us into something different, something more? We have a moment, an opportunity to reset and reorient. Will you let the word of God do that for you? All right, let's read then in Ecclesiastes 8. This is Ecclesiastes 8, 1. Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom brightens their face and changes its hard appearance. And here's where he really gets into it. Obey the king's command, I say, because you took an oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. Do not stand up for a bad cause, for, what, what, for he will do whatever he pleases. The king does what the king wants. Since the king's word is supreme, who can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will come to no harm, and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Though a person may be weighed down by misery, since no one knows the future. Are you listening now to the, to the scriptures? Since no one knows the future, we need that word right now. Who can tell someone else what is to come? As no one has power over the wind to contain it, so no one has power over the time of their death. As no one 
is discharged in time of war, so wickedness will not release those who practice it. If you practice wickedness, if you practice sin and you give yourself to it more and more, it's going to sink its, its claws deeper and deeper into you and it will not let go. Kohela continues, all this I saw as I applied my mind to everything done under the sun. There's a time when a man lords it over others to his own hurt. This too, I, I saw the wicked buried. Then too, I saw the wicked buried. Those who used to come and go from the holy place and receive praise in the city where they did this. This too is hevel. It's meaningless. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. There is something else hevel and meaningless that occurs on the earth. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve, and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. Have you ever had that, that tension? Wicked, sinful, evil people having all sorts of wealth and, and living in luxury, while good, beautiful people living in poverty. How does that happen? This too, I say, Hevel said, is meaningless. It's Hevel. So I commend, I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the labor that is done under the, under the earth, people getting no sleep day and night, then I saw all that God had done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning. Even the wise claim they know, but they really cannot comprehend it. In other words, there is a limit to our own wisdom. So what's going on here? How, what, is, what is Kohelet saying? Now, our text here today is yet another, uh, more evidence that the writer, the teacher, Kohelet himself, is not Solomon like so many people thought for so long about the book of Ecclesiastes. It's not Solomon. It's not a king. It's actually a, a person who is stands in the wisdom tradition as a teacher within the wisdom tradition of ancient Judaism. And he's speaking to someone to, it seems like scholars believe to a couple of people who are to a number of people who are courtiers of the King, young people who have the King's ear are advisors to the King. So Kohelet is advising people who advise the King. He's not the King himself, but he's advising people who advise the King. Are you with me? And he's addressing them, and he, he probably realizes there's this angst because these people come into the king's presence, and he seeks their advice and their wisdom, and they give it to the king. They give it to this ruler, and they're, they're full of angst because the king does what the king wants. They're not the king. And no matter what wisdom they give the king, this ruler, no matter how they advise him, the king does what the king wants. And sometimes the king disagrees with them and the king does what he wants. And even if it's foolish, the king still does what he wants. And so Kohelet is addressing these ones who advise the king with wisdom. How many of us want to advise our rulers right now? How many of us think we have what it takes? We're smarter than our rulers, than our governor, than our president, than our legislature, than our state Supreme Court. He's talking, Kohelet is talking to people who are frustrated with their ruler, with their kings. How many of us are frustrated with our rulers right now? Every one of us 
if you're honest and you're actually asking and raise your hand if you're frustrated with a ruler right now. Every one of us should have our hands up because I know that every single one of us has a leader or government official that we're, that we're really cranky about right now. Whether that's, it's just the only variable is who it is. Is it the governor? Is it the state Supreme Court? Is it the state legislature that's getting you? Is it the House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives? Is it, is it the president? Is it the Speaker of the House? Who is it? I know all of us are frustrated and angry with the ruler. We stand with the, the listeners of Kohelet right now, angry with foolish leaders. And Kohelet's advice to them. Here's Kohelet's advice. Are you angry with your rulers? Are you, are you full of angst politically? Are you, are you angry when, when, because your king, your rulers, the leaders that, that are in place make foolish judgments and foolish decisions? Are you angry with them? Okay, Kohel says, here's what you do. Rant on social media. Protest. Fill yourself with anger and just stay there because it's really, really uh, helpful. Kohelet says, you don't want to know what divine chokmah, what wisdom looks like in the face of foolish leaders who make foolish decisions? It looks like patience. It looks like realizing that you can't do anything about it, Kohelet said, because the king is the king. So instead of making these crazy vows, which is what they would do in Kohelet's day, they would, to, in order to show how serious they were, they would make oaths and vows and, and double down on their, on their, on their advising the, of the king. And Kohelet says, it doesn't matter how many vows you make, how many oaths you take. There's nothing you can do about it. So here is how you respond to foolish leaders. You stand in the way of chokmah, of wisdom, and you are exercise patience because see this is out of your control and see realize that there is a time for everything even though you feel like there's it's full of this moment is full of urgency and if 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 foolish leaders are making foolish judgments it's affecting real people just know that there is a time for everything including divine judgment on foolish and wicked leaders just know that you, the future is beyond your control. Know that the future is beyond your control, just, as, just like the wind is beyond your control, just like the day you die is beyond your control. So just exercise patience. Can you not, this is what Kohel is telling, his, the, these courtiers of the, of the king. Can you just, can you please not be ruled by your emotions and your anger? Instead, can you just be patient? And know that you don't have control. And can you be present in this moment? This is Kohelet's advice. Can you believe how timely, friends, these words are? I've, I, can you believe how timely doing, us doing a, walking through Ecclesiastes has been? I've gotten many messages about this is amazing how, how relevant Ecclesiastes is, is right now. We decided to do the book of Ecclesiastes at this moment. Last year at this time, 2019, early spring 2019, we, did, we were planning to do Ecclesiastes in spring, in early, winter and spring of 2020. Have no idea, no inkling of COVID-19 whatsoever. 
not realizing that it would be exactly the words that we need right now. Isn't that amazing how the Holy Spirit pastors us and leads us as a church way better than us elders or staff could if we just let them? I love it. So this morning we get this really relevant, pertinent word. Can you, have, can you walk in wisdom and patience rather than being ruled by your emotions and your anger in the face of foolish rulers? In the beginning of the message this morning, I talked about anger, political anger, and how it's just kind of filling the air, and it's everywhere. Have you got sucked into it? I did. I had my moment of anger, and where I let all this stuff, I feel like we've, we're all kind of powder kegs right now, right? Because we're full, there's, there's anxiety, there's uncertainty, there's, there's fear, and, the, and it all kind of bubbles under the surface, and all it takes is a spark. And for me, I had my day of anger. I had my day where I was just, I, was, I felt like I was just boiling under the surface, and I was more angry than I can ever remember because, being because of politics. I gave into it and I gave myself to it. And it just felt like the more I gave myself to it, the more, the more it just grew into this raging fire. And I was just consumed by it. And then I could, I could tell that everybody else was angry because I was getting text messages from people I hadn't heard from in years about this stuff. Getting angry texts from people in, 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 all over the place. And I was giving myself to it. And it, it, it was ugly. It felt terrible, but it just felt like all I could do. You felt like that. Have you had one of those days or one of those weeks or maybe this whole time has felt like that for you? I was an angry goblin, just gave myself to it. And I started reacting and snapping in angry anger at my wife, at Sarah. I was, I, was, I was angry at my kids. And I had this moment where I snapped at one of my kids. I lost it on. And if you're a parent of young children, you know what that feels like. There is no other moment in my life where I feel more shame, when I feel more guilt, when I hate myself as much as when I lose it on one of my kids. I was just angry that this, that I let politics change my home. I let the anger and the bitterness and the divisiveness eat away at me and come out in me in ways that changed the way I parented. And I was arrested in that moment and I heard the spirit say to me, this is a bad way to live. I heard the spirit just invite, give me an invitation and say, you don't have to choose to live in this anger, Randy. You can choose something else. You can choose whether you're gonna spend your time in the safer at home full of anger and bitterness and, 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 and just be all, all full of it, you can do that. You can choose to stay in this place and be miserable and make everyone else around you miserable. Or you can choose to release your anger, walk away from it, and see the good around you. Ra'ah tov, seeing the good. In that moment, I just got overwhelmed by, just, I was humbled, humiliated in some ways, but also it just felt good. I, I spent a car ride just releasing anger and repenting of it. And it felt so good. Releasing my anger and repenting of it. I felt like this lead weight was off my chest. I felt so free and alive. It's what repentance does for us. Repenting from anger just looks like 
means walking away from my anger. I, that's what I did. Friends, in this time where we see people protesting, carrying assault rifles in government buildings in, in, in Madison, where we see, uh, where we see people po- posting on social media about the president, tons of things about, that are full of anger and disrespect and dishonoring. When we see people posting article after article or opinion after opinion on Facebook, Twitter, social media, as if anybody ever changed their minds about, about something political because of a post on social media ever. There's times when we're just full of anger and bitterness and fear, and it fuels this fire within us. The Spirit and Kohelet have an invitation for us. Say, here's how to respond in the face of foolish rulers and leaders. Can you walk in the way of wisdom and patience rather than be ruled by your emotions and anger? Because you're not in control. Can you be present in this moment? See, because here's what you can control. This moment. Can we have God's perspective? As you get angry about what the president does or doesn't do or say, what the governor does or doesn't do or say, as you, get, as you get frustrated and angry about it, think about God's perspective. How many foolish and even wicked and evil rulers have lived in the course of history? Kohelet was dealing with this 2,500 years ago. How, what's God's perspective is God has seen countless, I mean, really actually countless wicked and foolish rulers making foolish decisions and foolish judgments. And yet God patiently pursues his people through all of that foolishness. God in the face of foolish and wicked leaders pursues his people through kindness and goodness. The apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And I want to tell you, friends, right now, God's kindness is wooing you and inviting you into his presence and his kindness, his gentleness into repentance, to turn around and and walk away from our anger, walk away from our angst, walk away from our anxiety about the times God responds in patience and kindness. And I want to tell you, when we have the perspective of God, friends, we think about how God has seen all countless wicked, evil, foolish rulers in in the course of human history. And I want to tell you that when you really look at it, all those wicked, evil, foolish rulers through the course of history are in the dirt. They are dead and gone and their kingdom has, has vanished like vapor. It's literally hevel. It's meaningless. And God and his kingdom still stand. God, the one who is patient and kind, whose kingdom is founded on mercy and grace and love and forgiveness and wisdom and patience, that kingdom will have no end. It still stands today and it'll be standing after all this is done. And you get to choose now, friends, which kingdom you're going to say yes to. You get to choose now, friends, which kingdom, 
Human beings have had this choice since the beginning of time. Are you going to obsess about the foolish rulers that drive you nuts? Or are you going to obsess about the good and kind ruler whose kingdom will have no end? Which kingdom are you going to align yourself more with? Which kingdom are you going to fill yourself more with and, and, and have the fruits of that kingdom coming out? Is it going to be anger and bitterness and partisan divides of this kingdom of this world or are you going to fill yourself with mercy and goodness patience and wisdom that comes from god and his kingdom that will never ever end which is it it's your choice being invited by the spirit and by kohelet to respond to foolish leaders who make foolish decisions with wisdom and patience knowing that we are not in control. And then Kohelet get, brings us back to this place where he's brought us back to time after time during this series in Ecclesiastes of ancient deconstruction. Kohelet says, here's what you do control. Here's what you do have control over. It's this moment today. Kohelet says in, it in kind of, every once in a while, he says it in kind of a resigned sort of way. He just resigns himself. Well, everything is heavy. Everything is meaningless. So here's, just enjoy today. Enjoy your, your food, drinking. Enjoy, enjoy the people around you because what else do you have? He's kind of resigned himself to. But see, I don't think we need to have that perspective. I think we can let this truth fill us with hope and perspective. That you don't control when safer at home will end. You don't control when COVID-19 will be no more, will be a thing of the past. We don't control that. Here's what you do have control over, how you're gonna live today. See, God isn't in the future. God isn't in the past that we longingly look to. I I got, I longingly, longingly looked to the past today when I walked in and saw this service plan for the last time we were here, March 8th. And all we did on March 8th, the last time this room was full of life. And I longingly looked to the past, but see, God's not there. God is right here, right now, and the birds chirping out on Van Buren Street. In your home, wherever you are. In your backyard, in your apartment. Here's what you do have, friends, is this moment, this breath. See, you're not promised tomorrow. None of us are. What you have is this breath, this day. And I wanted to tell you, friends, today, this day, it is pure gift. God is present with you right now, present with us right now, wherever we are, filling the space, filling the air, filling our lungs, as Shelly's been talking about, God's presence. Can you be present with it today? Or will you choose to fill yourself with anger and stress, anxiety and fear, and miss this gift? Or will you look around you and say, yes, thank you, God for today. This is what I have, and I'm going to live fully present with you in it. So, Father, we ask you, would you remind us, we are forgetful people. 
So Holy Spirit, would you give us constant reminders when we need them? Would you give us those gentle invitations out of anger, out of obsession with politics, out of obsession with bad, foolish rulers, out of obsession with, with the people who agree with them and how their followers are crazy and nuts? Would you just, just silence all of that noise? And center us in the life of the Trinity. Center us in the life of the Father, Son, and Spirit that where you've invited us into right now at this moment. Would you draw us in and be gentle with us, Holy Spirit? Would you give us words and pictures that remind us of what's true and what's real? Would you come alive in us more now than ever before? Would you help us to be a people that are dependent on you and your presence in your life more now than ever before? No matter where we are, no matter where we find ourselves, in our homes, outside, walking in our neighborhoods, in our car, whatever, wherever we are, would you teach us? Like a baby clings and longs for her mother, would you, would you, would you draw us to yourself like that? And so now we just remember that you are here in this place with me. You're in this place with the ones watching with all of us. And we tell you that you are good. We're going to sing another song before we're done, friends, but I want to let you know that we have those prayer breakout rooms available where if you want prayer for anything, we have a, people who would love to pray for you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm looking back at where we usually have people standing in the back with lanyards on. Well, today, in, during this time, we have people in another chat room. You just click on that link and you can pray with someone who's trusted, who we trust, who we love, and who loves you and would love to pray with you. And so as we do that around the city, wherever we are, let's also worship.